Alright guys, welcome to episode 109 of Game Store Profits, the podcast where a couple of guys talk about God and games, and oddly enough, we're not just a couple of guys, but I'll, I'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. My name is Mike Perna. My name is Jeff Romo, still. And with us is, and this is going to be fun for me to say, I just, I'd like to introduce to all of you guys, Inroads Ministries, first volunteer staffer, Daniel Fisher. Oh I'm so excited. <laughs> and you're, and the money the money's coming to your account right now. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daniel, uh we've had a chance to talk about you know about all sorts of different stuff and uh we got a chance to meet at in person at Gen Con. We we've hung out a bunch at uh Game Church City, which is the Game Church's version of the tavern. I say that like Game Church wasn't there before we were. <laughs> They totally um, ripped you off. We can make it. It's the chicken <laughs> or the egg type thing. Come on. It's it's okay. Yeah, no. I, I will totally give them all sorts of credit because, you know, a lot of the way I set up the tavern is basically ripping off Game Church City, and I've completely been honest with them about that. But anyway, so Daniel, how about you tell everybody else a little bit about yourself so that they can get to know a little bit about you? Hi, my name's Daniel. I'm a father of two, a husband of one. And I play video games, and I play board games, and I play role-playing games, and I play card games. And I play almost any type of game, as long as it's not that game where you kill people. You know, with that movie back in the 90s. I can't remember the name. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wait, it was that's, the game. The yeah, that's bringing it back. <laughs> Ice tea, baby. Ice tea. People may also have, have seen you... Dumping dice into cups of salty uh, water, if yes, I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's that's what I'm known for. I, and I'm, I'm world famous between uh, for me, unmarried men between the ages of 30 and 50 that live in their mother's basements. <laughs> so they can now go to the comic shops and say, "See, you sold me crap dice." So. Any uh, any testimonies coming back from that of somebody having an altercation I, at a game shop? Yes. Well. Not really altercations. They usually have a tendency to try to bust out the the water pot and, with the Epsom salts in it at their D and D shindig, and their uh, DM usually gets mad. So <laughs> it's like, what, what, what? And then they show them the video. So I will yeah. let you know that I did get into an altercation about dice. Um, no altercation, a discussion about dice at DragonCon this year with one of the team members, and I said, before you talk to me, you need to watch these two videos. <laughs> and I sent him two videos, and I said, have you watched them yet? <laughs> I, I will say that I am I am quite pleased that uh, what has been my main set of dice does do well. They're Q Workshop dice, and they do well in the, the little saltwater test. And I'm also now the proud owner of a large quantity of Wiz dice uh, from a certain individual named Daniel Fisher. Well, we're not trying to sell my dice here, but if you... I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I, you know, I tested lots of different dice. Um, you know, I have game, um, game Science Dice, Wiz Dice, Q Workshop, some off-brand Chinese, and Chessex. And I really give Chessex a hard time in the video. And because that's the ones that everybody has. You know, that's right. that's their go-to is Chessex. Because they do make some really pretty dice. Yes, they do. But, um, but in, in the dice that I was really hammering on was their the bulk dice that you can buy, but I did try a few sets and they were a little off, but the, uh, the, out of all the testing, the t- price ratio versus how bad they were off, actually with dice outperformed most of them. Yeah. So that's why I enjoy them. Well, this is good to know as I have the, the giant bag of them over to my left now because, <laughs> because of your recommendation. Because you're not like me, you'll never need another set of dice again. There we go. Yeah, that's that's a little something we needed to kind of you know announce to the to the public. I hear this is kind of an intervention for Daniel <laughs> in regards to dice and the collection thereof. <laughs> well, you know, I I don't have as many as some of my friends. Um, I'm friends with Kevin Cook. I don't know if you know who he is, but he is the current um, holder of the most individually different dice in the world right now. Over sixty thousand dice. Oh that are unique. These are unique dice, not like doubles counting, you know, bond bulk. But um, at Gen Con, that's his only convention that he goes to. He literally walks around and he just walks up to 
a booth and they just hand him a bag and he walks away. Yep. Because they wow. know who he is. Yeah. I, I've seen, I've personally witnessed that happen. It It is a strange thing to see. He doesn't really even have to pay for him anymore. To have that kind of power. That power. It's also fun because this year at Gen Con, he basically walked around. He was just in G, like, like uh, slacks, a t-shirt, and a wizard's cap. And he would just walk around. <laughs> well, <laughs> And the thing I learned about him, I didn't realize it until I started talking about his game church, was he is actually uh, kind of a member of the Christian Gamers Guild. Um, He supports them financially, and I didn't know that. And um, he didn't know that Fans for Christ had their own die. So when I walked up to him at Gen Con, I just looked at him and said, hey, I have a present for you. And I handed him one of the Fans for Christ uh, uh, D6s, and he's like, wow, thanks. I didn't know they ever had this. And then he handed me a dice bag because I was supposed to meet him the day before for dinner, but I didn't get a chance to. (laughs) (laughs) He he is definitely good people. Yeah, he is. He's a really good guy. You mentioned Dragon Con. You were just there with Game Church, weren't you? Yes, I was there as uh, the leader of the missionary group for Game Church, and it was pretty swell. So, so I know it's kind of hard to break down the entire experience of Dragon Con because Dragon Con is a force of nature. But uh, how about you? You tell us a little bit about what it was like being at the Game Church booth for Dragon Con this year. Well, l- let me tell you a little bit about my passion for Dragon Con first. Okay, Absolutely. so growing up Do in it. the South, you know, and I tell this to everybody, this is the story I tell everybody about nerds and nerd culture. Um, during the 80s, you all know the big scare with Dungeons and Dragons. The horror. So, oh my goodness. Anyway, that's a good module, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, all these people were getting accosted by the church and accosted by their, their family and it was being told it was evil and... You know, and then they realize, hey, every Labor Day weekend, we can go and be ourselves down in Atlanta. And these are people that were turning their back on Christ because the church kind of turned their back on them because of their hobby. So, you know, for the last 29 years, they've been going to Atlanta and um, having Dragon Con. And so they, um, to me, it's a big group of people that are so hurt by church, but they are now dull to church. They 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 don't even care about it. They won't talk to anybody about it. And you know, there's street preachers out there telling everybody they're going to hell and God doesn't love them. And they're just you know they don't even want to hear anything about God. And we're down there just telling them Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. We're handing them the Jesus for the win. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. We get some really weird looks, especially sure. Saturday after the parade when everybody's just gotten an earful from the street preacher out there. They're like, are you with that guy outside? No, no, we're not. Nope. Here, Jesus loves you. We claim no association. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, and at first, you know, the first day it's kind of slow because it's Friday. Um, but it picks up throughout the, the, the entire uh, weekend. We gave away over 1,700 uh, Jesus for the Winds. Over nice. four days, nice. And, uh, yeah, it's huge. And like sixty thousand people were in attendance this year. So um, we were just giving them to anybody that would take them. You know, they'd walk up to the table and say, "What's this?" I said, "Well, I was sent here to give this to you. Jesus loves you. This is yours. It's free. Everything here is free, except for the t-shirts." And <laughs> uh, you know, we we did get heckled a little bit from some people just walking up and. You know, claiming, I used to be a Christian, now I'm an atheist. I believe in reason. I'm like, okay, whatever, Jesus still loves you. All right. Yeah, so, you know. So, uh, so how yeah. do they react when they find out they're not going to get a confrontation from you? Um, They are kind of confused because they're used to Christians mm-hmm. yelling at them. They're used to uh, Christians saying, no, no, let me explain to you why Darwin was wrong. Right. You know, and right. stuff like that. So, And we don't do that. Like, um... I had this one guy did walk up to me, and he he was like, "I would like to discuss your, you know, blah 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 on gay marriage." I'm like, "Well, I can't really discuss that at the booth because we have a lot of people walking by, but if you want to meet us over here at the bar, I'll buy you a beer and we can talk about it." <laughs> That's got a forum right there. Oh like yeah! Oh my goodness! And, and and you know, this is they're, they're like, "No, it's all right," and they just walk off. Yeah. Because so, you know they're and, trying to they're trying to pick a fight. Oh yeah, it's yeah, unfortunate. That's but, hey man, seventeen hundred—that's nothing to sneeze at. That's really awesome. 
And I do want I do want to clarify just in the off chance that people don't know. Uh, you mentioned uh, Jesus for the win. What you guys have done uh, again for people who might not know is that uh, you guys give out Gospel of John's with it, it's commentary. I, I have I gave mine away ages ago, so I don't even have it to reference anymore. It, it's basically like commentary, right? Yeah, it's it's really it's again it's the NET version of um, the Gospel of John. And what we're doing is has commentary written throughout it that's by gamers for gamers. And, I mean, they even condense the Bible down into 500 words at the beginning of it. And just so people can read through it and understand what Jesus was about, not what he was against. It's it's really wonderful. I still have, especially when you come back from a con, people leave stuff in your car. So I... Always come back with stickers and and books and lanyards and stuff like this. And yesterday, my son had to meet his old preschool teacher because she wanted to see how they were doing at Chick Fil A. And um, so we went over there and I started up a conversation. And I said, "Hold on a second. This lady was, you know, her son was was kind of interested. He's a gamer." And I come back and I had Jesus for the win, a pack of stickers and a lanyard. I said, "Here, this is yours." Yes. And, and she's like. Uh, let me give you some money for that so you can buy more. I said, no. And she grabbed his wallet, her son's wallet, <laughs> and took $4 out of her wallet. He's like, no, Mom. And then I took the money. He's just looking at me, and I handed it back to him. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's like, you didn't understand. Um, these are all leftovers. It's free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I explained it to them, and they're like, well, no, you can use it to buy more. And I'm like, no, I get them for free. <laughs> Not really, but. Technically, so, technically. Yeah, technically yeah, they have a tendency to show up at my house. That's great. That's really awesome. I, I've heard I've heard Dragon Con just in general is just a, a hoot. It's like a it's like a cosplay paradise too, from what I understand. Like ninety nine percent of people are in some form of costume or another. Well, this year the cosplay wasn't as good as it was last year. Uh, oh, I just no. don't I think part of it was they moved us from we had last year we had I'm wanting to say at least 10 foot aisle width, you know, and they scrunched us down to six foot this year. Oh. And so people couldn't get the really extravagant cosplays through the aisles. So they were, I mean, there's this one guy down there that dresses up in a fully articulate eight foot tall space marine suit. I was just about to mention that guy. He 3D printed himself. I saw him last year and gave him props. But, like, I, I didn't get a chance to see him this year. So, yeah. I mean, he's awesome looking. If you see him in real life, man, he's like, and he's really short in real life. He's on stilts, and it's just nuts. Oh, it's so incredible. <laughs> I've, I've seen pictures of that guy, and then I saw pictures of people on, they they basically look like they're on bipedal dinosaurs. And they're, yeah. like, they're riding on them, but they're on, you know, they're kind of on stilts, and they have the dinosaur kind of built around them. Just so awesome. So awesome. Yeah, you, they, they couldn't get that stuff through. I mean, like... Literally, from walking to just to get to the bathroom, like we were right next to the bathroom. Everybody, move aside! The space marine needs to drop a D. Come on! <laughs> I had to, I had to wiggle through all these people. I mean, because I couldn't get through. And 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 then they did the wonderful thing and put the Chessex table right next to the Ultra Sabers table. <laughs> Nobody can move. <laughs> Yeah, I I will I will say that probably the the most interesting cosplay that I saw because there there's truly gorgeous cosplay all over the place and and I know some of the people who are cosplaying down there so I know that they they do quality work but I'm always interested in the the ones that kind of skew normal stuff so the one that I just saw a picture of today was a guy dressed up like a limo driver holding a sign like you'd see at an airport. And the sign just said Godot. So the idea is is that he's waiting for Godot. Yeah. That uh, that it made my day. <laughs> well, I I tell you what I did see. Um, I saw my first topless cosplay, and it was very hurtful to the eyes. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, this is supposed to be family friendly. What are but, you doing? Yeah, that's that's what I said. So and. Obviously, they didn't come up to our floor. It was when I was down on the second floor. But I was like, you shouldn't be walking around like that, lady. I had a lot of kids there. I think my favorite cosplay that I've seen, because um, there was one Comic-Con that I went to 
like probably like one of the third, I think the third year that it was out here in San Diego where I'm at. And it was, you know, I'd just been playing Shadowrun and stuff like that. So I kind of was kind of fresh on the mind, but I saw this real tall guy dressed up like a troll with like a company man suit. You know, so you mentioned the suit before and I was like, he's just dressed up in this black suit, black tie, white shirt. And it's just the makeup on this guy was just incredible. Uh, you know, his hands, his face, the horn coming out and stuff. Uh, cool. Just so awesome. My favorite cosplay is always something that has to do with 40k because you know I'm I used to be a huge 40k player. I'd blow off dates with my wife when we were dating just to play 40k. Um, <laughs> and how's how's how that? How is it that you actually have a roof over your head after being uh, obsessed well, with 40k? <laughs> yeah, you know, I learned how to play it cheap. Um, you know, I never Good played man. the tournaments, and um, I learned about model substitution proxies. So, um, you know, I always like to go to the mm-hmm. Dollar Tree and buy Army Men because they have a tank in there the, big, the same size as a Rhino. So, nice. That's <laughs> how I built most of my army. So, but yeah, 40K was my obsession for such a long time. And I, I've kind of gotten away from it because I know if I start playing again, uh, I'll be poor for a while. Yeah. At least until I get a 3D printer. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, our, our running statement is that Games Workshop doesn't like its customers. <laughs> no, no, and and they're afraid of the 3D printer. Yeah. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. So if if you had if you only had one story to recount from work in the booth at at Dragon Con, what what would you what would you talk about? Oh man, uh, I had this deaf guy come up to me, and. Nobody understood that he was deaf, and I did because my wife's uh, grandmother's deaf. But I, I, I don't know signs, so I just first thing I did was, you know, saw that he could read lips, and gave him a sheet of paper. And he just started asking me questions, and he said he would check us out and stuff like that. And it was just, it's pretty crazy, you know, um, you know. And it, I mean, he did start to ask off the wall questions, and you know. The ones where I'm like, let's step out of the booth for that question, right, and right. Um, and you know, it's just it wasn't that bad. He's just asking about the Middle East and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's not what we're here to talk about today. But you know, it's just the signs of times, and um, then you know, it's when I stepped him out of the booth, and I told him just to get with us online, and you know, any questions that he had, he could just, and I gave him my contact information. Um, any questions that he had, I'd be gr- glad to answer them for him online, since it would probably be easier for him to do it that way. And then, um, rise he was there, I had another guy walk up, and he was uh, this guy who's like, uh, you know, I used to be a Christian, now I'm an atheist. You know, I just mm-hmm. like reason and and all that stuff, and not your your magic that you believe in. And I'm like, well, we don't believe in magic. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> But, like, uh, I'm like, well, you know, we can't really discuss this here. You know, it's the same answer we have to give everybody. It's like, but if you want to contact us online or if you want to, um, you know, just uh, meet us afterwards. And the first thing he yelled at me, it's like, well, I'm dyslexic. dyslexic. And I, I was like, okay. And that's when Chris intervened. He's like, well, here's my phone number. You can call me later. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And, and, like, the main reason that you kind of steer the conversation that way is so that you're not getting in huge arguments at the booth? Oh, or yeah. is there is that it? Okay. Uh, you literally have 100 people every, like, two minutes walk by your booth. There's no way you can have a long conversation. Yeah. So, I mean, like, Gen Con's a little bit different because they actually build out areas for you to stay at the booth so you can try out their games. Hmm. But Dragon Con's not built that way. It's it's built towards moving through you're at a flea market, buy something. Right. It's like, it, it almost seemed like when I was looking at some pictures of uh, the Dragon Con floor, it was almost kind of like looking at Artist Alley in Gen Con, you know, where you don't have like a lot of that room. Like you said, you just yeah. kind of like peruse, go, peruse, go, peruse, go. Yeah. So I will say that uh, talking about the Dragon Con and, and all the stuff that you guys were doing, when you weren't at the booth, I saw a lot of pictures coming out of you guys playing Ravenloft. Oh my goodness, Ravenloft. Well, I got Ravenloft for my birthday. And you know the first thing I did, I painted every miniature in there. Um, <laughs> so I, I hadn't got a chance to really sit down and play it. And 
So I told the guys, I said, the only two games I'm bringing are Catan and Ravenloft. And uh, they're like, okay. So um, we get down there, and the first thing, Chris was like, I haven't played Ravenloft in forever because uh, it's Chris Gwaltney. He's like, and, and I got rid of my copy, and I really want to play it. And I was like, okay. So the first night of the con, we packed Ravenloft with us. And we just decided to go downstairs since there wasn't really a lot of room in our hotel to play Ravenloft. So we just found, we went down to the card gaming area for the Magic tournaments. And we took their long slender tables and bunched them into one huge square of a table. Nice. And we just busted out Ravenloft while other people were playing Munchkin. Because you can only play like five people um, to the game at a time. So and everybody else was playing Munchkin. And, uh, you know, we, we just completely got their butt swipe even after cheating and uh <laughs> so and you know and we were all dog tired anyway so we finally got back to the hotel around midnight so but in the next night we found some tables at the hotel and we still got our butts whooped <laughs> but it's a fun game it really is it simplifies dungeons and dragons and um puts it down to a level that anybody can understand it and, um, you know, I think it's going to be one of my go-to games, um, especially for helping people out. So, because, like, if I if I put, say I have um, somebody that, you know, I've talked to Mike about this before. Say you, say you have a parent that can't associate with their kids or relate to their kids. Associate is the wrong word. <clears throat> they can't relate to their kids because they have nothing in common with them. Well, I always said stick a board game in front of them. But you can't just, like, here's Monopoly because you're playing against each other. Well, you take something like Ravenloft or Mice and Mystics, and they have to work together. So now they, they, they're working together to to get to this end goal, and now they're starting to relate. And that's just the tip of the iceberg for them, because once they start playing and realizing they're having a good time together, they'll, start, they'll continue doing it. Yeah, I, I know for a fact that we at, at, after TavernCon, we gave away a copy of Temple of Elemental Evil. Which is basically the same concept. It's another uh, because the way D and D board games work is that they they took a lot of the old school D and D modules and turned them into board games. Yeah. So Temple of Elemental Evil is one of those modules that got made. It's the newest one that got made into a board game. And uh, I I'll tell you what I was really upset that I had established that as the representative of Inroads at this event, I was not eligible to win these prizes. Because I wanted to walk home with Temple of Elemental Evil so bad. That's a beautiful board game. It is. Oh, it it's really, really is. gorgeous. Oh my gosh. I was trying to find it to buy it this weekend, but it, nobody had it. I will say, though, after TavernCon, uh, a buddy of mine actually ended up, his son ended up winning it. And so I, I asked him, because he, he sent pictures of them playing it. And so after I got those pictures, I, I asked the two of them, I go, how'd you guys like this? Because they're, they're mostly, for the longest time, have been video game focused and didn't really do much with, with board games. They kind of came to one of our, they actually came to our Extra Life event, and ever since then I've been getting them into board games like crazy. So I asked them, I go, what do you think about this game? And oh my goodness, they're like, you need to come over. We need to play this game together. We need to do this. This thing was killing me here, and then I did this thing. And oh my goodness, it was like 15 minutes solid of, of this kid telling me everything about this game. And I love that. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I love those games. I, my kids love them too, but I, yeah, I got to watch what they play, though, at their, their age. So. I about to say, your kids are pretty young, right? Yeah, my daughter plays D&D, though. She, uh, she played with my old group. I had a buddy. We were playing 4th edition, and he wrote <clears throat> an entire module. Handcrafted himself a module for Harry Potter. And he did uh, the rules for um, Wizard Duels. Um, you know, it's a card-based system with that. And he did everything else. And when you graduated Hogwarts, you were level 1. Nice. Oh my yeah, gosh. and then we got sucked into Ravenloft right after that. So I was like, "How are we going to live level ones in Ravenloft?" He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, "That's because I'm an evil person." <laughs> and how how old is this kid? My daughter at the time of playing this was eight. So <laughs> and um, I was like, "She's too young for this." So I put a, put it on the back burner for a while and. Um, 
So and we just now started playing up again, and she's not too interested right now in what we're playing. So, yeah. um, but the moment she gets interested, she's back into the the game. So, <laughs> so cool, so cool. Yeah, well, Jeff, is there anything that you've been playing lately? Oh man, I knew it was going to come around to me eventually. It was going to happen eventually. It was going to come happen eventually. I um, I've been pretty much buried in real life lately. <laughs> And real life is nowhere mm. near as fun as a board game. But, I mean, all of my spare time has pretty much been based in Victoriana. <laughs> Same story last episode and the episode before, but that's what I've been doing. Because uh, all these clowns that I've put together in this group keep writing gigantic, huge backstories that I need to read and reread and interweave with the adventure and all this stuff. Just insanity. Listen, I have a nice, concise story about how my Russian bear man escaped from the circus where he was tortured and made his way to London and uh, with the help of his, his handy little dwarf friend. Yeah, easy story, you know, I'm freeing a, <laughs> freeing a wharf from, you know, insane Irish mobsters. I mean, come on, you know, it's no big deal. L- listen, listen, it's, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. Not a big deal at all. <laughs> so, yeah, that's been kind of my life. I, uh, I took a look at some news and stuff and trying to check on, you know, you know, my thing is like kind of cooperative games. I really love cooperative games. So um, I took a peek at a couple of new things that are coming out. One that was another one of those things that, it, that uh, backed quickly in Kickstarter called Gloomhaven. Um, that uh, uh, I know nothing about it, but I, I've heard the name, and I know the guys over at uh, Rolling Dice and Taking Names were talking about it. Yeah, and it's—I mean, it looks really good. It's a progressive game. Um, it's a—it's really tact as tactical combat, as exploration, but it's all card based. There's no dice, so it's—it's it's progressive, which is really nice. And then it's also an evolving world or a persistent world, I guess they—they they want to call it here. But um, it comes with like, I think there's like 12 or 13 hero classes that it comes with. You've got all of these different interlocking map tiles that you can start putting together. So again, the variety, kind of like what I was talking about last week or last episode. But uh, yeah, this one has got my attention for, for more reasons than one. But uh, the primary thing is that it's cooperative. It's card-driven, which I've been trying to kind of dip my toe into some card-driven games like Ashes. I'm going to be getting into that very soon. I know last, ep- I, last episode we were talking about getting the uh, uh, virtual tabletop. I, I believe somebody needs to get himself Tabletop Simulator. That's we could be is. playing Ashes right now. That's right. That's right. So that's going to be happening. That's going to be a thing. Like you, like you like to say, Mr. Mike, it will be a thing. Um, it will be a thing. And I actually look forward to maybe recording that and getting that out there for our viewing public to see uh, to see the one half of Game Store Profits wallow in anguish as the other half trounces him in combat, <laughs> which I'm sure is what will happen. Um, You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, Gloomhaven. It's I think it's already hit it. I think it well. I think it doubled more than doubled its its goal. I think its original goal was like seventy thousand, and it hit like one hundred and sixty, one hundred and fifty five, something like that recently. So it's gonna go. It's gonna come be in existence. It's gonna be a thing. And uh, yeah, I'm totally interested in it. Nice. So that's that's been kind of me. I actually haven't even had time for Shadowrun, which I always like to play. But um, yeah, it's been work and home life and Victoriana, kind of in that order. You were saying Gloomhaven. It was reminded me of a card game called Gloom. Did you ever play that? Oh yeah, yeah. Kept, that was actually one of my first episodes. We were talking about oh, Gloom. I, I picked game. up uh, picked up some. Uh, see, actually, there was there's this really awesome place called the Green Dragon Tavern that's up here. It's a replica of the one in Boston. And every Saturday, every other Saturday, there's a group that goes up there, and it's one of those meetups that you can do online. And then you just go and you meet up with these guys and girls, and they play games. You know, usually every other Saturday, it's a strategic game of some sort. But um, yeah, I got a chance to play Gloom. That was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Move up there. I mean, all we do down here is talk about NASCAR. <laughs> well, there's a NASCAR board game, and it's card. No, I'm just kidding. You know, I saw that uh, and I was like, I'm never buying that. I'm sorry. No, no. No, there's a better one called Formula Day, which is a much more interesting racing game. As much as, as you know, I would love to talk about the beauty of a NASCAR board game, because I'm sure there are 
nothing but good things to say about a NASCAR board game. Yes, <laughs> that's correct. Remind us and remind our folks where Daniel lives. So let's make sure that we are uh, most respectful. There's, you know, it would be would really like knock my socks off. Would be a game based on Initial D, which is like a anime <laughs> racing, like you know, just just insane Japanese racing cartoon and the cars in there are so super awesome i can't get enough of them i'm so glad netflix had that <laughs> but that would be a good game you never know attack on titan is becoming a thing next year yep i did I, that was one of my things on my solo episode with that and ghostbusters but i i'm really eager to see what the final product is because it's going to have a three-dimensional aspect to it and I totally i'm looking forward to that it's it's fun. I just don't see how they can make that into a game, but, uh, you know. Not Ghostbusters, but Attack on Titan. No. There's so little out there yet. Yeah. Because it's still way in development, but it looks like you literally, the Titans is literally there, and you're, like, hopping up it to try and get to the spot to get the kill shot, while all the while the Titan's knocking you off and okay. trying to get to the city. Yeah, you've you've got a lot less win conditions than... Or, I'm sorry, more win conditions or difficulty getting those win conditions than the Titan does. Which, you know, kind of matches up with the way the, the show plays out. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, I, I am definitely excited about that. Yeah. I, I will say that all I, as far as for myself, I've, I've gotten minimal playtime in because of, well, orchestrating a whole bunch of different things. Which we'll get to at the end of the episode when I talk about all the stuff that's coming out. Mm-hmm. I will say that I, I've continued to play and love The Grizzled. It's still incredibly depressing in the most beautiful of ways. Yeah. I, I've i yet to even come close to succeeding. No, strike that. I have come close, but in the, in the worst way possible. The way that The Grizzled works, in case you're just hearing this for the first time, is, is that you're trying to play cards from your hand uh, in order to play out this mission... And the goal is to clear out all the cards that are over this, what they call a trial deck. But you're constantly adding to that deck based on how many cards are left in your hand at the end of a mission. So there are no, the number of times that I've gotten to the end of the deck, I've seen the little peace card, the little dove flying over the land card that says the war is over it's peacetime only to find out that we have like five or six cards left in our hands and we have to pile them on the card oh, it's ridiculous so you see it and then it's gone i see the end and then it's ripped from me i i swear i there are few games out there that that say this is what we've designed this game to do that actually feels like the thing they're trying to do right. and the the mental trauma of trench warfare and the the elusiveness of peace for those guys fighting in the trenches obviously it's not one-to-one i i don't need to go that far but what i will say is is that man there it in some tiny little microcosm uh kind of way i i do get that vibe of oh it was Victory was right there, and it was taken away from us. Ah, uh, I thought we could do this, but now we, there's literally no hope of getting this done. Ah, uh, I we're gonna fail. Oh, uh, somebody comes by and gives a rousing speech, and suddenly we're back in it. Like yeah. all that stuff is, it feels like it. Like mechanically, it's there, and it's awesome. But yeah, I've never won. I've never heard of anyone who has won. I I was told that you know when when I first played it, we we actually did win. But then uh, I really have to shout out to uh, Rodney from Watch It Played, who basically said, asterisk, you did it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about removing all hope, man. Come on. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And the best the best thing was uh, it was me and uh, Vanessa Connell and and Rodney. And we were just going back and forth on Twitter and. at one point, Vanessa and I literally start going like, "Like, how dare you take this from me? You can't! I'm crying, I'm weeping." And uh, Rodney, I hope he does. We joked about it. I hope he does actually put it on a T-shirt. And uh, he basically said, "Cry all you want. the uh, The rule book does not care." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "He's like, I'm going to put that on a T-shirt." Yeah, like, yeah you should <laughs> coin it, coin it, drop it, TM it. That's perfect. Uh, I can say, kind of as an update, 
though I haven't really played any of them yet, they have added, they've entered into my house. I'm sitting next to a couple squadrons of Star Wars Armada figures. Oh, I saw you post those little stinkers on your Facebook, man. Unfair. Unfair. They are, they are gorgeous. And I'm not going to lie. Yes, they are pre-painted. I'm not gonna lie. I I have I haven't bought any, but I have gone looking through like cool stuff to see what kind of expansions they have and what other cool ships I can buy. <clears throat> slave one, <clears throat> slave one. Because sorry, slave slave ones in the miniatures game. It's not Armada. Oh dang! I thought it was a new one. Sorry. Th- thankfully, thankfully there is a distinction. Otherwise, it probably would be mine. Yeah. No. So so I've got those over there. I'm so looking forward to getting them out. I had talked in the last episode about getting a, a kind of a a Euro game that my wife might enjoy, and I did actually end up picking one up. Uh, based on a number of recommendations from the regulars, I ended up picking up Castles of Burgundy. Castles of Burgundy, it's, it's a game, like, I don't even know entirely that much about it, but it is one of those titles that has been just recommended so many different times and so many different locations a lot of people will will say it's one of those games that you must own so when i asked people about a a game that that has minimal interaction with the players and it's mostly just building your thing and, and doing your thing on your own little board everybody was talking about castles of burgundy so i ended up picking it up hopefully i'll be able to get it to the table soon so i'll be able to give more kind of a definitive uh experience with it i definitely and i definitely like home. to hear about how uh how it's received at home you know as far as as far as the misses enjoying it uh yeah so I'll, I'll definitely keep folks updated on that i also got because of the fact that my friendly local gaming store had uh buy two get one free sale i i couldn't not participate in that enablers so yeah, so so on top of on top of uh, Castles of Burgundy, I ended up getting Diamonds, which is a really ni- a neat little trick taking game. It's a simple game. It has a lot of uh, similar mechanics to a lot of the old school card games that you know, people will play have been playing forever, but it does a lot more to it. Where different suits allow you to to either take gems from the middle of the table or put them in your vault or seal them away from other players and do other little actions as well. So it it takes a simple game and kind of adds that extra level of of strategy in it that really makes it interesting for more gamer types. So Mm. I picked that up just as a kind of readily accessible thing. And uh, I ended up picking up a game that was, I believe it was released at Gen Con, but I never got a chance to look at it there. Uh, It's called Nevermore. It's a a set-matching game, and depending on how you play your cards, you are trying to... I I need to to really get into more of the the nuts and bolts of it, but at some point you're trying to be the last person standing and be the last one that hasn't been transformed into a raven. The artwork on it is is really neat for a simple game, and it's kind of a... I don't want to call it minimalist because it's not, but there's not a whole lot on the cards. But man, the cards look gorgeous, and uh, that's another one that I don't know a lot about yet. But hopefully, I'll be able to get that to the table soon, and I'll be able to get more information about that uh, to you guys on the podcast. Very cool, very cool. I was wondering if I just I wanted to go back to the grizzle just briefly because. Talking about these kinds of cooperative games where there's a an almost insurmountable goal, you know, like it's so far distant. And it made me think of, you know, like past ep- uh, episodes of of GSP and then other podcasts talking about XCOM or or even going even further back into you know like Pandemic or something like that, where the the goal of or the success goal is just so difficult to reach. But I like how there's that emotional component in the grizzled that kind of gets you more attached to the guys, you know, the guys that are in the trenches, that sort of thing, you know, whereas with XCOM and with pandemic, while you're there's, there's the driving force that bonds you, you know, trying to succeed, trying to make it that sort of thing. And it's interesting to have a game that's in contrast, like the grizzled that kind of also gives you that depth as well. Cause you know, at the end of XCOM, you're like, Oh, okay. We almost made it. You know, we almost did it we got to try again, you know, let's do it again. And, but then at the end of Grizzle, it seems like you're like, whew, let's, let's take a breather here. 
figure there, stuff out. I will definitely say there is a, a heavier feeling at the end of a game of the Grizzled. Yeah. Because uh, you're right, with, with games like XCOM, you don't have enough time to breathe, let alone reflect on the hopelessness of your cause. Because that timer is unforgiving. That's right. But uh, I, I do think that there is there is like a, little, a level of heaviness because, um, I don't know, with Pandemic, I rarely win Pandemic either. But, um, there and there is that moment of, oh, you get that, that, that punch in the gut realization that there is no way to win. We've come as far as we can go. Everything is just, we just see it playing out in front of us. Mm-hmm. But even then, the the likelihood of me going, oh man, we need to do this, like clean it up, we're doing it again, like right now, we're super psyched, let's do this. After the grizzled, man, as much as I will say it's a, a, a great, wonderful, awesome experience, I love this game, I want to be very clear about that, I love this game, but there's still that feeling of, oh, oh man, I don't think I can do that to myself again. <laughs> I love games like that, though, I mean, because it's just... It, it, it's kind of like playing a video game, and you you almost beat that level, and you've got to play through it again just to see if you can do it. It's just games like that just pull me into it, and and yeah. this is one of the reasons why I was looking for it because after y'all did the other uh, podcast on it, and I was like, oh, I want it so bad, I couldn't find yeah. it. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. The description of the grizzled, even with you know the kind of heavy, weighty component to it, it is no, is no hindrance. There's no speed bump to me wanting to own this game and have it in my life. But it's just it's an interesting component. It's a powerful component, and it, again, we mentioned it last episode, but it just it speaks a lot to what we're trying to do with games here and and be, making them become a powerful component of community. So I don't know. Just it spoke to me. It was awesome. So I throw it out there. Well, I, I think if you really break down, because because that's the the standard thing for cooperative games is that it's near impossible to beat this. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, you know, why are you doing a cooperative game? It's not even a game at that point. It's an experience if it's not hard. Because you're all working together. There is no there is no enemy. There is nothing that's stopping you from doing the thing. So they have to be hard. But in my experience, each game has their thing as to how you come together and how you you experience that cooperation. Let's go way back. Um, let's think of things like uh, Forbidden Desert and Forbidden Island. Right. E- either one of them. They, they're very different games, but at their core, they're they're similar. They're I refer to them as my first pandemic because it kind of took the pandemic uh, mechanisms. And can kind of I don't want to say dumb them down because it's still a it's still a brutal game, but it kind of said all right how can we make this more approachable, uh, especially with uh, Forbidden Island that was basically how it's super approachable I've seen like six year olds play this game and do it well right. so it's super approachable and in that it it has that that light feeling it has that oh, we're doing a thing together, and this is fun, right? Yeah, this is cool. It has that light vibe to it. And and in that light vibe, you get that whole, all right, we're, this is fun. We're working together. And it, it's that, just that, that together aspect. Yay! It, it's the it's the kindergarten experience. Not, not, again, not to make it so that the game is not challenging, because it is, but it's that everyone's together and everyone's having a good time together. Yay! <laughs> And that's it's a that's a good thing. That it really is. I have both those games still in the collection because that's a really good thing. But then you move up to like Pandemic, and Pandemic is more about the strategy, and it's a little deeper, and it cuts a little deeper, and it hurts a little more when you uh, when you when it doesn't work, and you start thinking that okay, and you you start being more tactical. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's the how do we plan this strategy? How do we we how do we make each person do their role so well that the goal becomes clear. Right. The goal just, it works. You cheat. And it's that... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, I can't, I can't say no. I wish I could, but I can't say no. Um, 
but then then you get games like XCOM and XCOM it's it's the time it's the speed it's the it's the adrenaline rush of XCOM that makes that happen yeah uh, because that and that's how it is because there were times when I've played XCOM a handful of times and there were times when you're like hey you need to do this and people be like asking questions and I'm I'm watching the timer and I'm like uh, do just do this click and they're like they're like oh but I, maybe I should I said it doesn't matter time out go and <laughs> and it, it is it's that that rush you physically have the rush of rushing through a playthrough of XCOM. Right. And again, it knits everybody together. Everyone has to be on point. Everyone's doing their thing. But it's that it's that time that that timed element that really kind of either it will either bring you all together or rip you apart. <laughs> I told you what you needed I, to do right then, right there. <laughs> yeah, no, I will I will say that I've I've I haven't gotten into shouting matches, but I have just been like, shut up, do a thing. Moving on. <laughs> And then you got things like the Grizzled, and the Grizzled literally does this whole aspect of we're in this together. Yeah. Because you you feel that vibe of if we don't do this together, we're not doing it. Right. And it, I don't know. It, it's so interesting that all these games, from all their different perspectives, from all their different ways to bring people together, it's interesting to see that play out not only in the how it brings people together – but in how we as players can screw that up. I, I think about Pandemic, and Pandemic, if you're looking for a game that typifies just the idea of the alpha gamer, the I know what I'm doing, you do this, you do this, you do this, done. Like, everybody brings up Pandemic for that. Because it's, it's very susceptible. If, if somebody wants to be a jerk and destroy the play experience, it can easily happen in Pandemic. Right. XCOM, again, all it takes is one person to get to take the game way too seriously or freak out when somebody doesn't, you know, hit their point exactly right or has a bad role, and it becomes a miserable thing. It's it's this idea where even when everything is designed to bring people together, it really is this really fragile, really tenuous kind of strain where all it takes is one person to, to really, really wreck things. Yeah. And to, to, to say that it, that, that this game designed to bring everyone together is all about their victory. Or a bunch of people holding signs out front of Dragon Con yelling at people as they go in. Yeah. Oh, look at you making my connection for me. <laughs> Bringing it back. Captain Segway in the house. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, that every time I see those guys or, or people like that, yeah. uh, thankfully those folks haven't made their way to Gen Con. I don't know why. Actually, they were there. I, they were there. Yeah, yes. I had, did see pics. We had uh, two different ones there Saturday. Uh, we had some some uh, men out there that were preaching about Eden Nights, Eden Nights, or whatever they were. The uh, you know the um, I can't remember the Bible story. Jacob and Esau, uh, Esau's children, Eden Edomites. Yeah, the Edomites. Yeah, they were yeah, preaching right. against Edomites. that. I don't know what that had to do with playing board games, but they were preaching against that. Do and they then, have to pass through Edom to get to Gen Con? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> then, then, then um, that was before lunch. Then I went to lunch, and then I came back, and then there was this nice little fella set up with a megaphone telling people about Jesus and how they were going to hell. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So. After yeah, you got done eating it's... Esau's share of his 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 his, his inheritance, and you get back yeah. to that. It's like, what the heck's going on? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it, you know, every time I, I I see stuff like that about so many people will, and this is this is inside the church too. This isn't just some guy from inside the church shouting to people who are outside it. It's no. also just within the church in general. This idea that so much of what we do is designed to bring us together. And in fact, one of the things that I, I find painfully ironic is the fact that if there's, if there's one book of the Bible, I mean, there are many, but if I was to say there's one that is all about bringing in unity and bringing us together and, and trying to take a bunch of people who are, are disparate and bring them into one thing, it's 1 Corinthians. And I've never seen a book 
used more often to tear the church apart for stupid reasons than First Corinthians. Yeah. That is ironic. You're right. The purpose of that book is about unity and promoting unity. And yet it is single-handedly, in my experience, the most cited book when destroying unity. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, you look you look past what you look past what is spelled out in front of you as reality and you look to what you want to see as your own reality, whether you want to be the captain at the board game, you know, saying, I'm going to tell you people what to do this is what you want to do. And it's like, well, no, you should be, if you're going to be the captain of the board game, you need to say, well, what do you think of this? What about this type of situation? How would you handle this scenario? It's like, you got to cultivate, not stomp people down. And yeah, it's a shame. In RPGs, we call those men maxers, and I can't stand them. (laughs) Men maxers. Yeah. (laughs) Although, when I build a barbarian concept, I normally will men max. I can't help it. Well, (laughs) yeah, there's some classes, you know, he doesn't need any intelligence. Point him in the right direction. That's the wizard's job, and let him go. (laughs) That's right. you, You know, sometimes when I think about, you know, what the church is afraid of when it comes to things like this is that it kind of reminds me of the, the uh, t- um, you know, the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got, um, you know, man was coming together for the wrong reasons. And right. that um, the church sees the us gaming as the wrong reasons and wants to know why we can't devote that time to church and, and and so the, I think that's one of the reasons why they come down on it so hard is they're like, well, you can get together for that. Why can't you get together for this, you know? And um, they just don't understand how to use it as a tool. Yeah. And then to that, I mean, even even when I first heard about what, what Luke and Mike were planning on doing, you know, way back in the day when I first heard about the potential of En-ROADS Ministries, I was like... Wait, way back in the day, not quite two years ago. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, when I started hearing about that, I was just like, really? Games? I mean, the stuff that I do between the time when I get home and my wife gets off work so that I can have some fun before she gets home? I mean, that kind of thing? You're like, yeah, yeah, you can use that. And you know what? It's so true. I mean, there's that, the thing that Mike Mike is famous for saying, you know, give me a board game in 20 minutes and I'll give you friends and a table. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's that quick. It can happen that quick, not that fast. It's, it's awesome. Well, all right, guys. Yeah, I, I think we're going to uh, wrap this up on that. Cause I, don't, I don't think of a better way we could kind of, you know, put a, a close on, on this particular episode. But again... I've got, what, five minutes left before we hit the hour mark, and I'm probably going to tell you we're still over the hour because we have so much stuff to talk about. Yeah, let's tag team this stuff, buddy. All right. Well, I can I can talk about the fact that uh, Extra Life is coming up. Uh, Extra Life is happening November 7th, and we are basically uh, still looking for recruiting team members. Uh, I will probably be recruiting uh, for the month of September and then October, it will be starting to raise that money. And then November 7th, we will actually be playing. Uh, for those of you who might not have heard about it yet, Extra Life is a, a charitable event uh, raising money for local children's hospitals. Uh, it's a 24-hour gameathon where people we will start at 8 o'clock in the morning on Saturday and not end till 8 o'clock in the morning Sunday. We will be playing for 24 hours. Somebody will be playing something at all points during the 24 hours. Uh, the team is basically the goal is to raise $1,500 for our local church, our local hospital, which is Children's Specialized Hospital. We in the past we have done this twice so far. We have raised just about $2,400 total over the past two years, and uh, I'm actually looking to. We, I set the team goal this year at $1,500 raised for the hospital. I think we can do this. I know we can because we've consistently raised over $1,000. So I, I know we can hit this, but in order to do that, we need your help. We need you guys to sign up. I'll have the links on this when we post this episode live. 
go and sign up. It doesn't. You don't have to be here in New Jersey to be part of the team. All donations are collected through the Extra Life website, so it doesn't. It doesn't matter where you are. You can be a part of the team as long as you're willing to raise support for our hospital. Uh, we'd love it if we have people from all over the place. I know for a fact that there are at least two people I know that are going to be streaming on the internet what they're playing. Uh, and it's not even all board games. Uh, I know a friend of mine who is going to be streaming Smite, the MOBA. Uh, she's going to be playing Smite and she's going to be playing Warcraft. And she's going to be streaming and uh, taking donations as part of the Inroads uh, regulars team. So it doesn't matter where you are, you can be a part and you can help an amazing hospital do amazing things. I just got an email about all the stuff that even $200 raised will do for the hospital and do in the lives of these kids. And it's so awesome. We can do that in spades. So definitely sign up for that. If you can be in here in New Jersey, we're going to have awesome stuff. Uh, I will be bringing all my pretties, including this this lovely set of Armada uh, Starship uh, little miniatures next to me. I will bring all of that and I will teach you how to play it. And I'm actually trying to get enough people at our New Jersey event that I can run a game of two rooms and a boom, which is an amazing, amazing party game, but it needs a lot of people. So I'm hoping that you guys are hearing this and if you're in the area, you'll come and play with us. Oh, one thing that I should definitely specify also is that one of the ways that you can help us raise money is by buying our Inroads uh, Inroads Regulars Extra Life Team shirt, uh, which by the time this episode goes live, you will literally have a day to put in an order for that shirt. Uh, we'll be because we're going through Teespring. Uh, they are a wonderful organization that do really great products. But uh, it's a timed kind of thing, and the time is actually up on September 15th. This episode goes live on the 14th. So definitely, if you're listening to this, go get yourself a shirt. 100% of what we get from the sale of those shirts is going to our Extra Life team. So 100% of what we get goes to help these these kids in this hospital. So definitely pick one up, whether you're on the team or not. Very awesome. All right, Jeff, you got one? Otherwise, I can keep going. (laughs) All right, I'll throw my hat in the ring then. Well, you've been hearing me mumble on and on about it uh, at the beginning of the episode and during the time of what we've been doing transpires. Uh, Victoriana, uh, Inroads Plays, is going on to its next uh, next game system from Cubicle 7. Uh, it's the third edition of Victoriana. It's been out for several years, I, I am happy to know. But uh, Steampunk Shatterun, that's all you really need to know about it and that it's going to be awesome. I've got a group of five players who are driving me absolutely happy crazy because of how much awesomeness they're putting together right now. Um, backstories, great cross-sections of characters. Um, we've already laid out the recording for uh, character creation and how everything's kind of been put together. Um, by the time this episode drops, we are going to have already recorded our first session uh, of getting into the game. We're creating a uh, an association that's going to bind us all together, and then we're going to launch right into the adventure. So uh, by the time this episode drops, I'll have four videos that I'll be able to start getting posted up on a regular basis. Um, and our goal, and it, you know how it's kind of tough to get everybody together across the nation when it comes to role-playing games. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, good luck herding cats, that kind of thing. But that's uh, that's my wonderful duty. I gladly accept. And uh, like I said, the goal is we're going to try and do this every two weeks, get recordings laid out so that we can have these videos out on the regular. Um, in addition to that, I'm also working on uh, another little segment. It's a 15-minute segment called the Handy Haversack. Uh, for all you D&D aficionados, you'll know the, the source of that little uh, nomenclature. But... Um, Basically, it's for beginning role-playing game people uh, who want to set this up in their churches, set up new groups, that sort of thing. It's just giving you some handy tips to get that started. You know, whether it's understanding what a character sheet is, uh, using music in your games, uh, getting people together on a regular basis, that sort of thing. That's what it's going to be all about. Uh, I've got about three or four episodes, four episodes that have been recorded, and so those will start coming out on the regular, uh, hopefully at least once uh, once a month. We'll be looking to do that, if not more frequently. So that's been my that's been my work, Mr. Perna. Uh, I'm back to talk about contests that we're currently running. Mm. 
Uh, one of them, again, because this is going up on the 14th, you will have one day to get entries in for our Inroads Hates Zombies contest. Uh, we have a copy of the game I Hate Zombies that is that Luke has in his possession. Uh, it's put out by the guys of Board Game Geek. It's a fun party game about uh, the humans trying to remain humans and actually like fix the situation, whereas the zombies are just trying to turn everybody into zombies. It's a real quick, like a 12-minute game, but it's a ton of fun, a lot of interesting characters. There are a ton of ways to, to get entries. You can uh, make a comment on the MacGuffin Factory, our other podcast, uh, here on the site. Um, you can make a comment there, either telling us about a story that you've made because of the MacGuffin Factory, or suggesting other MacGuffins for us. You can go to iTunes or Stitcher and leave a comment and review about Game Store Profits, because that does so much to get us out there into the populace. We want you just to have a whole bunch of those, so every one of those that gets out is an entry into the contest. You can email me and talk about your favorite moment from our last Inroads plays, which is the D&D 5th edition. If you just email me at contact at inroadsministries.com and talk about your favorite memory from all of the D&D 5e, uh, you can – that's another That's another entry. Um, I think that covers everything. No, Twitter. If on Twitter, at, at Inroads, if you tweet us at the uh, – at the hashtag uh, zombie hate and just tweet us at inroads with the hashtag zombie hate, then uh, that's also an, an entry as well. Um, there we go. That, <laughs> that is all of that. You can do all of that within the next day because after September 15th, I'm going to tap, you know, I'm going to gather up all the different entries. I'm going to put it into a randomizer and somebody's going to get sent a copy of I hate zombies. So you have, if you're listening to this, you have one more day to make that happen. Do you need my address for that? Oh, look at you! I'm gonna win. I'm just, I've already already <laughs> stated it day one. I'm gonna win this game. That's true. I, I I will say that you know in future contests I'm going to put the inroad staff is no longer allowed to do this, but I didn't do that yet, and you just got announced as being inroad staff, so you are eligible for this. Nice work, Mike. Right. It's all ruined. I had my seventy-five entries, and now it's gone. Well, here's 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 another fun one. Um, we have a contest that I'm actually teaming up with the guys at Gamers Table. They have their their Shadowrun actual play called the Dragon Variation. The first episode went live today. It actually went live this morning, and uh, I will tell you that it's awesome. But my character isn't in this. My character is not in episode one. I have a feeling I'm going to be in episode two. I can't promise that because they never got back to me. But I have a feeling I'm going to be in episode two. Uh, but anyway, you should definitely go over there and listen. Be listening on September 24th. The next episode goes out. Uh, remember, if you email us, the I, I, I'm giving people the first day. After I receive the first email with the correct information, I'm going to give you the rest of that day. And I'm going to pick a person randomly from the correct entries to get some inroad swag, some stickers, some magnets, uh, a bunch of our buttons, just a bunch of swag. All you have to do is email us at contactedinroadsministries.com. The subject line is, uh, I heard you on Gamers Table, and the body of the email said, you have to put what the name of my NPC is and where they were when they found me. So you do that, and you're, I'm going to randomly select one of the people who gets in and uh, send you some inroad swag. So that's September 24th is the next episode, but you should already be listening to their stuff because I, there is a language warning. That, you know they're talking about some foul mouth shadow runners, so there is a language warning. But their stuff is awesome. It takes role playing games and turns them into radio dramas. It's so good, guys. So good. Yeah, and if you're if you're pining away for episodes of of the uh, Dragon Variation, check out the uh, the other stuff they have on their website too. Because good night, the production value, all the feels, it's so beautiful. <laughs> all right, guys, I think that covers it. I think so. At least it, I th- at least it covers it to the point that I'm willing to to actually bother with announcements because otherwise, you guys are going to get tired of these. Uh, but before we go, uh, Daniel, is there any way that people can find you on the internet? Yes, they can look for me on Facebook, um, Daniel Fisher. 
I'm the guy with the big cheesy grin. Um, the um, if you and you'll see in my Facebook thing, it's my kind of my title is the truth about following him. Um, on if you want to send me a um, a message through Gmail or Hangouts, it's Daniel period L period Fisher at Gmail dot com. Very cool. Yes, and and I do randomly because my Gmail account is associated with my YouTube account. I do randomly get uh, Hangouts messages from people that I don't know about dice, and so uh, <laughs> I, I've have I have a tendency to answer those and set up for. The last one I had lasted for about two hours with a guy mm-hmm. all about how I cut dice open properly to look at the insides because he was trying to make a box to uh, propose to his girlfriend for an engagement ring. Oh, yeah. wicked awesome. Yeah, I offered to make him one, and he's like, no, I've got to do this myself. So, Attaboy. That's how you start a marriage. Yeah. got to do it myself. Do it myself. It's it's when you call the repairman. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, Jeff. How about about you? You take us home on this one. All right, guys. uh, As always, remember that God is the game master, and no matter how the dice fall, the game plays on.